0: It's good to be back on Search the Scriptures today. Once again, we appreciate so much the opportunity to open up God's Word and share those rich teachings with all of our listeners. We're thankful that you're there, and we know that many of you are there every day or close to it. And many others are there frequently when you have the opportunity, and then there are continually new listeners. We appreciate every one of you. We keep saying that, but it's not just to be redundant. We really do appreciate every one of you. We're thankful that God has blessed us with the opportunity to be with you on Search the Scriptures each day. And we pray that he will guide us to use this opportunity, this blessing, to be with you and study with you, that we'll do that in a uh, responsible fashion and in an effective way, helping you to understand the Bible better. And as you learn the Bible better, Your faith should grow because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, as we keep emphasizing, Romans 10 and verse 17. And as your faith grows, you should come closer to God. That is our prayer. We hope that we're helping you toward that end and ultimately that you'll make your decision to come to Him with open arms through Christ for forgiveness and salvation. Good to be back again with Dwayne Kennedy. Thanks,
1: Gary. It's good to be on the program with you and... All of our listeners, whether you are listening from the Omaha area or the Council Bluffs area or the Kansas City area, we are grateful that you are joining us on the program again. We are so encouraged every day to have this study with you at this time. And we hope that you are, in fact, having a study every day at this time. We invite you, as always, to go to our website at www.churchofchrist.org dot com, where you can get the programs that we have recorded that have been archived. If you have missed anything, you can also pick up on it right there. Plus, there are other options. There are articles and there are things that you can study and just enjoy your study of God's Word and an increasing knowledge of Him that you might draw closer to Him because of the things that you learn. But for now.
0: We are just glad to have you on the program today. Amen. Again, we're missing Dennis Stackhouse. He's usually in the program with us, uh, but scheduling conflicts, uh, pull different ones of us away from time to time, and we're missing him, but again, he's here in spirit. That's right. Good for us to be together, and good for us to have this opportunity to continue to study. Amen. Dwayne, we're going to finish this particular line of study that we've been in for the last several programs, asking the question, what was accomplished by the death of Christ on the cross. And we've already seen, we've looked at this in an in-depth kind of way, and we've already seen that many things were accomplished. Yes. And I'm not sure that most people have really appreciated just how much was accomplished by Christ dying on that cross. Yeah, scary.
1: We just don't think about that, I guess, or maybe we just haven't had the information given
0: to us, but that's what we want to do today. Yes. Now, we've seen that God's wisdom was demonstrated in the death of Christ on the cross, in that God, in his wisdom, knew that man was going to need a way to be forgiven, redeemed of his sins. That's right. And that was going to be effected or brought about by his sending Christ to the cross to die. We've seen also that God, in preparing, the way for Christ to come into this world, we see all of those Old Testament scriptures, all of that Old Testament history. And during that time, God allowed animal sacrifices to be offered to atone for sins, pointing forward to the time that Christ would be that ultimate sacrifice that would forgive sins. And so his coming, his sending Christ to the cross at the right time brought into to effect the forgiveness that those animal sacrifices pointed toward. Right. And so we see God's, his justice and his justness and his righteousness in forgiving those sins through Christ that had been atoned for when offered properly by his followers in Old Testament times. That's right. And we also have seen that that the death of Christ offers us deliverance from an existence of no hope eternally. Without His going to that cross, we're basically dead in the water, stuck in our sins, That's right. with no hope, no opportunity to be forgiven, to come out of that condemnation. But Christ dying on the cross gave us the opportunity to come out of that condemnation. Now, related to that, His death brought about the reality of forgiveness and redemption. Yes. He died on that cross specifically to redeem us, buy us back from the condemnation of our sins, to give us that opportunity to be forgiven through him. Now, salvation, everlasting life then are coupled with that and that, that all was accomplished through the death of Christ and the cross. Now, we want to make a couple of more points today before we close this study. So let's turn to Ephesians chapter 2, and how about reading verses 13 through 16? But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once
1: far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is, the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, and uh, that he might reconcile them both in God in one body through one cross, or through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. Now,
0: this... Reconciling and this being brought into one body, all of this in verse 16 is said to have happened through the cross. That's right. Through the death of Christ. Now, what he's specifically referring to here, the Apostle Paul, as he writes this particular text in Ephesian, in the Ephesians letter, is he's, he's talking about bringing the Gentiles and the Jews together. That's right. And when you go back into Old Testament history, you look at that, what we call the patriarchal law, and that was a spiritual law given to mankind before Moses. Yes. Now, when Moses comes onto the scene and he leads the Israelites across the Red Sea out of Egyptian bondage, God gives him a written law to give to the Israelites. That's right. We call that the Mosaic Law. Now, the patriarchal law continued to be in force for those who were not Israelites. That's right. The Mosaic law was given specifically to Israel, and, of course, anybody else could come and accept it, but they kind of ran concurrently through the rest of Old Testament history. That's right. When you come to Christ coming to this world, there were, from a spiritual perspective, two groups of people the Jews and the Gentiles. When Christ comes, he brings one new law that is New Testament Christianity. Some people might kind of refer to it in a very succinct way as the gospel, but yes. it's, it's, it's all of that system uh, that we look at as Christianity. He brought that one new law for all mankind to bring all together, in him, that is in Christ, to become Christians. We can also refer to that as the church, which is that one
1: body. That's right. Which was his plan from the beginning uh, to make salvation from our sins and eternal life available to all nations, beginning with the one people and setting an example, but also through the death of his son and his blood, redeeming us to him, the father redeeming us to himself through the death of his son,
0: all nations, all people. Into one body, That's the right. church. And one uh, spiritual law, under one spiritual law, Christianity. And, and you're right. That was God's eternal purpose. In the third chapter, it talks about that. You know, in the first chapter, it talks about that. Right. Before time began, right. you know, from eternity. Uh, or his eternal purpose, so that was God's eternal purpose. Christ going to the cross brought that into effect. It it was like, if if you can think of it as you know, flipping the switch, yeah, and now it's turned on,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. You know, it's it's there. You know, when we we go buy a car, Dwayne, we go buy the finished product. Yes, we don't see all of the processes that had to be gone through in order for that finished product to be available for us to buy, stick the key in the ignition or whatever ignition system is being used now, and then drive it off to our home. Right. And it
1: all started this assembling of this automobile with a plan that was carried out in time, piece by piece,
0: to come to the finished product. Yes, yes. And here in the church, we see the finished plan. That's right. We see God's eternal plan brought into being. And now we see Christianity, we see the New Testament, we see the gospel, we see the church, there it is. And We, we can get the, in and drive
1: off, so to speak. We are the recipients of all of that loving work
0: yes. demonstrated by our Father. and planning and Christ dying on that cross was central to that finished product coming into being right central okay let's let's go a little further here colossians chapter 1 verses 21 and 22 and you who once were
1: alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present
0: you holy and blameless and above reproach in His sight. So reconciled, and we've emphasized this many times in the program, that's the concept of being brought back into a right relationship with God, brought back to God so to speak. Right. Now somebody said, well I was never away from God. Oh yes you were. (laughs) Yeah. You were in sin. Yeah everybody was. That's right. Romans 3 and verse 23. That's right. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And what's the wages of sin? Romans 6.23, death. Only through Christ going to that cross and dying could you have the opportunity to be brought back to God properly, reconciled with Him, brought back into that right relationship. That's through the death of Christ. Now, what about Galatians 3 and verse 28? There is neither
1: Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female. For all are one or all are all in one in Christ Jesus. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. I had a little
0: trouble there. All right. So no Jew, no Gentile, no bond, no free, no male, no female, from the spiritual perspective is what we're talking about. Right. But all are simply brought into that one body and become one body, and that's the church through Christ. That's Christianity. Now somebody says, well, well what, about, you know, what about all of the, the Jews who don't believe in Christ? They're not in Christ. They're not part of that one body. Right. What about all the, uh, the, the Muslims who don't believe in Christ as the Savior? They're not in that one body. They're not part of that body.
1: Right.
0: They're still outside of God's plan for, of redemption for mankind. What about the, the Hindus? Same thing. Sure. They have not come into the one body. Remember that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father except through me, John 14 and verse 6. He did not give any exceptions there. And we've got to understand, you
1: know, remember, let's be clear that we are not looking at things from man's perspective or man's figuring about how God's will should be accomplished. We're we're not considering political correctness. That's right. We're looking at it from the word of God and the way he has outlined it and his plan that he has outlined for our redemption from the beginning of time, long before we even came into the picture
0: of life. That's right. We're talking about his will, not our will. Right. And we're talking about truth, not wishing. Exactly. Okay. Now let's look here at John chapter 12, verses 32 and 33. And I, if I am lifted
1: up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. Thus he
0: said, signify by what death he would die. So in addition to all that we've seen that was accomplished by the death of Christ, actually because of all these things that we've seen that were accomplished by the death of Christ, his death also draws people to him. That's right. That was an incredible sacrifice. It's not incidental that someone gives their life for somebody else, but the idea that he, the son of God, God, the son, deity, left heaven, took the form of humanity and died on that cross for all mankind. That is incredible indeed.
1: It is it gets our attention and hopefully our commitment to him. We just can't pass up that kind of sacrifice for our well-being.
0: He didn't do something just to impress people. He did something for people. Yes. He died for all. And all of us can put away our differences, can put away our squabbles, can put an end to the division that divides us so, so effectively mm-hmm. as as humanity, and we can come together in Christ. We can become just Christians. In the one body, in the one church. That's correct. In Christ. In Hebrews chapter 2, verses 17 and 18, what do we read?
1: Therefore, in all things He had to be made like his brethren that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation or propitiation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself suffered being tempted, he is able to aid those who are
0: tempted. And there's the role of Christ as our Savior. It's really brought out there well. He did what he did, not because he had to, not because he was obligated to, not because we deserved it, because we did not, not because we had it coming, not because we earned it, we did not. He did it as our Savior.
1: That's right.
0: He did it in that role of Savior so that we could be forgiven so that we could come to God through him, so that we could be in a state of salvation in him. That's what he did in going to that cross. He accomplished so much, and we've seen so many specifics here, and we could probably go on in this study, but all of these things ought to impress us, but not just impress us emotionally, they should impress us to react
1: that's right
0: response oh yes in loving thankfulness and obedience obedience and that involves more than a i
1: believe or an acknowledgement that these things have occurred
0: it involves a commitment to a, his work yes we could yeah, let's turn to hebrews chapter 5 and read verses 8 and 9 Dwayne. Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the
1: things which he suffered, and having been perfected, he became the author of eternal
0: salvation to all who obey him. The idea that Jesus had to go through a process of learning obedience is just almost mind blowing to us. He certainly did not have to do that for his own sake, but I think what we're reading here is he did that for our sake. Yes. He went through a process that we have to go through so that we can understand that we have to go through that process. We have to learn obedience. He was our example that we should follow. That's right. He never became disobedient. But he still went through that process of learning obedience so that we could understand how important it is that we learn obedience. But then that's not the end of the story. No. Being made perfect, he became the author or source of eternal salvation. And here's the application for us, to all those who obey him. And that's more than an acknowledgment or, an, yeah, well, I believe that. Well, we believe it by what we do. We show our belief by what we do. That's yeah. right. Yeah, and and there, you, you've hit it, Dwayne. A whole lot of people, they say, oh, I love Jesus. Oh, yes, I believe in Jesus. They don't live like it, though. They don't obey him. They just verbalize. I love him. I, I believe in him. Well, he says here he's the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Exactly. And that's a lifestyle. Yes. Not even just an initial act of obedience, but it's a lifestyle ongoing every day, day in and day out throughout life. In James chapter 4 and verse 17, what do we read there?
1: Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it,
0: to him it is sin. And that really speaks to a lot of these people who say they know Jesus or say they love Jesus or say they believe in Jesus, but they don't obey Him. James says, if you know what is right to do and you don't do it, that in itself is sin exactly. for you. And once again, what's the wages of sin? Death. Eternally so, ultimately. Well, Paul tries to get across the importance of our acting in obedience, of our surrendering to our Lord. Now, I'm not talking about surrendering to Him, dropping down on your knees and saying some prayer that's called a sinner's prayer. As widespread as that particular Teaching is, you'll never find that in the scriptures. Never, not a single example of it. Never anything identified as the sinner's prayer anywhere in the New Testament, not there. And yet it's talked about all the time in the radio, TV, in pulpits across the country and around the world. Just not there, it's not scriptural. Obedience, that's key. When should you come to the Lord? 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 2. For he says, in an
1: acceptable time, I have heard you. And in the day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now
0: is the day of salvation. The immediacy of the moment. Yes. When should you come to the Lord? Now. Now. Now, contact us. Ask us for that free Bible study. And that can be your first step in coming to the Lord for salvation. You can learn how you're supposed to come to the Lord.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Not by what Gary Hutchins says or Dwayne Kennedy says or Dennis Stackhouse says or some church says, but according to what God says in his word, the Bible. That's what you need to know. And that's what you need to obey. We do hope that you'll get on the phone or get on your computer and email us right now and ask for that free Bible study so that you can know how you need to obey your Lord and thereby you can tap into and take advantage of all that was accomplished by the death of Christ.